overheard uh, coming out of the coming out of a greasy spoon cafe in oh, Hoxton yeah. this week. There's just the one left. People will oh. be able to figure out which one it is. It used to be three. Hallowed grounds now. That's gentrification. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the f- site of the very first slagophon, and uh, overheard there. Just uh, I was just coming out of the place, mm. um, and just heard a bloke saying, "Wanted to make it romantic for me. I couldn't even get my hands around it." <laughs> God, the possibilities. Discuss the possibilities. <laughs> ro- ro- romance. You know, it's open yeah. to open open to interpretation. But I've got to say, it doesn't. <laughs> I don't know why these two sentences feel antithetical. <laughs> R- romance and a double-handed, um, <laughs> a double, a double, a double handy. Don't really—they're just... not concomitant, are they? It's—it was—you know—you no. know, say, God, it was so big, I had to use both hands. Oh, it was romantic. <laughs> Fuck, it was romantic. It was a—it was just this bloke saying that this very blokey <laughs> sort of buildery bloke, and it just leaves oh an awful lot. I didn't hear the pronouns of who. Of who it was who was going yeah. to make it romantic for me, but in many ways, like it doesn't matter. It's just there's something beautiful about it. There was an effort there to make it romantic for him, but ultimately he couldn't even get his hands around it. it was I mean, too far, too far. That could just be an issue with his wingspan. It could be, and that's on yeah. that's on him, and it's on the the post welfare state. I would say. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, boyfriend's cot might have been too big. Might have been. To, to wrap yeah. the hands of his anus around. <laughs> the hands of my anus. Come, children, and be embraced. Ah! <laughs> no weird dad. Not again. Exactly where to pick up the ladies. Newspaper archive room. Fuck yeah. I'm I'm Paul Pauladict. As I remember it, I'm quite a trip. <laughs> there is so little recommendations month left. Just a oh ghost girl God. of a chance. The smatterings, the the specklings, oh. the Jackson Pollockings. Yep. And yeah. that Pollocking comes right from Lucy May Clipsham, the recommendator for this particular week. An old friend Jesus. of ours from the University of Life and Greenwich. <laughs> also Greenwich and mostly also Greenwich. life. <laughs> mostly life, but I did. We did. We took the Greenwich pathway. <laughs> we did the Greenwich vocational course in life at the University of Greenwich. <laughs> yeah, Lucy's out there doing all the good works that she can, including recommending to us a lovely little slice of nonsense because she's coming at us with all the pacey action of a Bozidar D. Benedict picture by Uh-oh. recommending Bozidar D. Benedict's 1991 <laughs> film, The Graveyard Story. I'm a private investigator, not a cop. Why did you bring me here, Doctor? There must be some mystery surrounding her death. It's said on her gravestone that she left this world tragically. I would like to know how. I have a strong feeling you're not telling me everything, Doctor. Mr. Hartley, I'm her father. What? I have to know how that little girl was killed. No way, man. I ain't no gray robber. We're gonna take a good look inside of her coffin. You have me at it. <laughs> you have me at whatever the fucking <laughs> fuck that guy's name was. <laughs> now, Benedict had two hits. I'm gonna call them hits. Um, in 1987. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Beyond the Seventh Door, of course, mm-hmm. previously, previously covered. Wonderful yep, film. Yep, 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 and yep, the yep. impossible to see, endlessly tantalizing, Lazar Rockwood starring Brooklyn Knights. Yes, I that's dedicate, the one. I will dedicate my professional life to finding this film. Because I did sit down to Graveyard Stories thinking, oh, is Lazar Rockwood in this one? He's not. No. Uh, so. And sorely missed he was. But I imagine that in the four years between that movie and this movie, he had to return to his home planet. He'd seen some shit. <laughs> and had to, had to, to straighten him out. I don't know. Straightforward now. I saw a picture of him in his seventies, and uh... I saw that too. <laughs> <laughs> Next scene missing. <laughs> Rest of life happened. The world ended. But yes, in 1991, four years later, we get the third and almost last of his films, excluding the 2007 straight-to-video drama called v- Vanessa. Ooh, sounds saucy. Um, yep, sounds a bit a little saucy. 
Um, and yeah, I'm terrified. Uh, sorry, I've noticed that my notes just end there. So there you go. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Do, 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 do. Uh, production notes, no. But no. Uh, critics received the film like a ghostly specter of a little girl just creeping on through that. There, there were no critical reviews. Oh, no. Yeah. Alluding to the, the, the twist of the movie, which is... Ah! Yeah. The, the, all the critics were dead. That's it, yeah. Oh. Truly a paradise that Uwe Boll can be can get on board with. <laughs> Kurt Vimmer can finally come out of his come out of his home, safe in the knowledge that he can dun, dun, enjoy dun. a drink with anyone he encounters. Then Ty Diggs comes out, just out with the fucking woodwork, mate. Slice <laughs> his face off. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so yeah, public on the other hand gave enough of a shit to engage an elderly detective to help them sort out the case. Mm. Dan Gorman over on Letterboxd, ooh, a slightly more tasteful. Ooh. Um, re- re- repository of reviews. The thinking man's uh, the, Google. Yeah, the thinking man's Google, where nothing has over 12%, and rightly so. <laughs> he says, take the director of Beyond the Seventh Door, remove mm-hmm. the engrossing outsider acting of Lazar Rockwood, and what you have left is the dull Canadian mystery, The Graveyard Story. Oh. There you go. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, that's that's it. Well, we're going to I'm gonna have to make up an opinion now, so it's still, still a reason for people to listen to this. That's Letterboxd, you see. That's why I can never go back there. No. Stung twice, Shit. Letterboxd. Burned I'm once. I'm as good as any one person on Letterboxd. <laughs> it's not too bad. One, Two one out of one Letterboxd. Me. Yeah. Having said that, though, we on this podcast like a bit of naff. So uh, stay tuned. That's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in for a poorly perspective. Uh, three minute note. Uh, the film has 3.8 on IMDb. Mm-hmm. So, Paul, you also are a psychiatrist. <laughs> Oh, look, it's me. Or some Wells, maybe. <laughs> What's one thing about uh, the graveyard story that made you want to engage an elderly detective? There's not a lot that happens. <laughs> um, I've got to say, Paul, there's a very uh, alluring, enigmatic uh, constable <gasps> that we meet later on. And I don't want to spoil ah. it just yet. Um, he's like, Blink and you miss him. But honestly, Ooh. I think he's the most important thing to happen to Canadian cinema since um, <laughs> the John Primer, whatever his name is. <laughs> Oh yes, John Primer. Yeah, the guy who wrote yeah. Primer, Canadian. So it's a, it's yeah, a fact. John Primer. That's that's how yeah. everyone should remember his name. I hope. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> you know, watching this movie, I just I wonder how long it's going to be before I can tell that this is a Benedict picture. Ah, oh, the music is drowning out the opening monologue. Here we are. It was a long, winding driveway that led to the mansion. Stonehenge, it was called. So named by my father. <laughs> Much like Australian traders are trying to drown out any thought I might have. <laughs> oh shit! Is it keep, happening? Keep going, brave pioneers. Yeah, um, <laughs> someone's just standing outside with a machine, a, <laughs> just a miscellaneous machine. machine, just turning it on and off. It generates noise, <laughs> principally. Keeps you on your toes. Reminds you that um, you're only free <laughs> when you're wearing a Ned Kelly style helmet. Um, <laughs> only when you're fighting the man. Yeah, but but speaking of fighting the man. This is uh, this film certainly fighting manageable levels of <laughs> of legibility and coherence because yeah it's <laughs> it's very difficult to hear and uh, yes <laughs> but but never mind Loved that Paul it. because because Orson Welles is here um, he sees yes, to explain yeah um, <laughs> to and explain once... that this is a house that was named Stonehenge by his father it's very original <laughs> all Americans obviously think they are on a daily basis um, I don't don't believe that I just feel like a funny funny thing to say. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I believe th- it. Thanks, mate. So, um, so like every other fucking American out there, he, uh, <laughs> he, go, he go, goes to bed and uh, oh, there's he a, goes there's to a, fucking bed. He goes to bed like all Americans do eventually, and yeah. he um, <laughs> and and the there's ghost... a spooky ghost child running yeah. around the house. Well, yeah. I know exactly who to call. I really hope that's not how I'm in anyone's Rolodex. Oh, you know who this situation calls for. <laughs> Why it's Dominic West and John Michael Higgins' love child. <laughs> well, the guy, yes, you've got Orson Welles. I've called him Dr. Blue Eyes, but we'll stick to Orson Welles. <laughs> and who he hires the uh, the detective Nick Hancock from uh, They Think It's All Over. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, do you, know, do you know who John Michael Higgins is? No. You know Licorice Pizza, the guy with the Japanese wife who goes, Oh, oh wow. Girl. That Yes, okay, yes, I've seen that guy in everything. Pitch Perfect, okay. The Breakup and all that. It, yeah, it's it, willing it, to entertain. What was his name? John Michael Higgins. How about John Michael Hancock? <laughs> I'm 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 good for that. Just if only Excellent. to bring back Nick Hancock into the public sphere. 
It's been too long. It's been far, far too, too long. long. I had a cause. I had cause to think of. They think it's all over. Um, a few <laughs> weeks ago, watching Test cricket because I thought of David Gower. I thought, oh, I wonder if he's still alive, and he is. And oh, um, wow! And I thought, oh God, is Nick Hancock still alive? Oh, he is. Uh, <laughs> he despite is. he was <laughs> my favourite Room One Hundred and One host. Ooh. Yeah, take that, Paul Merton. Yeah, and Frank Skinner, you fuck. Yeah, right, fuck. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I liked his dry you wit. Yeah. And he's here. He had, had a charming way about him. So yes, he's he's our dynamic lead and the right man for the job. This is a strange story. It's all right. Continue, please. I decided to adopt the little dead girl instead. I visited her grave more and more often. It became an obsession. You see, I used to work for the Metropolitan Police as an undercover agent. They fired me because I kept introducing myself like that. <laughs> and still do. Hi, <laughs> I'm an undercover cop. Uh, <laughs> whoops. Anyway, you can trust me with whatever it is that you've got. Um, you, are you up to any illegal activities? So, <laughs> I need you to investigate a creepy little girl statue near my house. It's mm. a uh, monument to a dead girl I've fallen in love with. And I'll start immediately. <laughs> Say no more, sir. But why? I mean, I know it's none of my business, but, I mean, you are a private detective. You probably should... <laughs> Probably should, should know. know. Yeah. <laughs> None of my business. I just, you want to know about any creepy dead girls? I'll, I'm, I'm your man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I saw your, saw your ad in the paper. All on file, mate. Yeah. I mean, that's what your ad said <laughs> verbatim. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I've got lots of money to give you. And I said, yes, mate. All right. Here's $1,000. <laughs> Off you go, son. Um, All right. Uh, I've already uh, left. All right. 2000 <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. Anyway, time to go and meet yeah. the first woman in the film. Uh, well, no, no he, he no, meets some um, slow-talking priest first. How's it possible that someone can be buried without being registered? I don't know. M- maybe Father Jonathan forgot to enter it into the records. Oh, yeah, slow-talking um, priest. And he explains that there's no record of a creepy girl, but you should check in with the police. But, oh, no, he's a bit sinister at the end. I'm yeah, not sure ooh, why. Has a, he has <laughs> a look. Right. Probably because um, John Michael Hancock was slightly rude to him. Um, oh, yeah, he's a he's dick. Like, he, he's a maverick. Everyone. People talk like this in films. It's hurtful. What do you think I am? Um, but, so, so yeah, the, the woman next. does have to wait a little longer because yes, the elusive, enigmatic Constable Strickler, um, <laughs> aka Lachlan Munslow, uh, has. <laughs> well, he speaks at a regular speed, I thought, but with no cadence at all. <laughs> Nothing tragic happened to any child in 1980. We had two robberies, both solved. A workman fell off the top of a new building. Some woman committed suicide. A farmer cut his left leg badly, and that's about it. He explains that nothing bad happened to any children in 1980. Yes. <laughs> it's the only year that's true. And uh, he should try the newspaper next. Well, everybody was everybody was exhausted after the 70s. <laughs> they had a nice lie down. They had a lie in, and everyone got, uh, got up again and started hurting children in 1981. Yeah, then, in, then in 81, uh, Gary Glitter showed up. Um, <laughs> Fuck. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, yes. so oh, newspaper office. Thanks, thanks for that, cop. Go back to your tiny computer. Newspaper office, and the first first woman in the movie. Um, yes, she's a bloody trollop pool, gossiping. Oh, God, and, she's well, gossiping she's and right flirting. Sort. Yeah. Well, you know, it must be very frustrating sitting in an obvious library that they're trying to pass off as a newspaper archive with clearly marked library books on the walls. <laughs> Archives. It's... I've worked in an archive that had those as well, Paul. Well, uh, I, do- I disbelieve you, and I now <laughs> it throws your entire historical career into perspective. You know, you never believed a single word I've said. I just like, <laughs> but she's a she, she a journalist. Yes. Uh, like, so, so I thought, yeah, I thought she was an archivist because she's clearly in an archive, you know, on you know, on set. But <laughs> no, this is a newspaper office, Paul. Oh my god! I see, this is this is a confusing thing. I heard I heard a few nouns in there, and I just decided to make them mean whatever I wanted. Um, okay. Yeah, it's great. She's so, there, and um, he tells her, I'd like some information dating back to 1980. 1980, she says dreamily, and it reminds me of why I enjoy Benedict's films so much. <laughs> are, are you real? He actually asks her. <laughs> Is there anything I can do for you? Hi. I was wondering if you could help me with something. Oh, I just love helpless men. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, I'd like some information dating back to 1980. 1980. Yeah... It's a good year. The rock groups, the Phantoms, were formed, and uh, their hit song was Sweet Molly. Yeah. And of course, miniskirts made a comeback. 
most precious thing a girl could have. I beg your pardon? Nikki, my favorite doll. Are you real? She better get back on the phone soon, though, because she was having a really good conversation with that sped-up tape recorder she was speaking to. Yeah, she's recording the calls, right? Oh, no, that's it. She's got the files. Oh, my God, it's she's got, got all the files, including this, the um, files. this big book. Um, Watch out, Oliver Stone. Big book of the first three months of their newspaper in 1980. Sorry, yeah. it looks like it's from the 19th century. We print all of our stuff onto recycled historical documents. We, <laughs> you know, we took over a library, you see, and we hate libraries. I hate anything that's been written down. Better start my research. So he stays <laughs> until it's late enough for him to reveal how ridiculous the jumper he has on is. <laughs> and, and then, and then yeah, finds out yeah. about a suicide in a winery. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, let me just get this awkward book over to the photocopier. Dun, 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 yes. dun, 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 he, has dun, dun, a, he has an interaction with a photocopier, which we'll discuss further in Quickfire. <laughs> yes. And uh, then the secretary comes back, and she's changed into, honestly, a slightly more conservative dress <laughs> and tries to seduce him. But she's done but her hair up re- nice. He's, oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Uh, but oh, yeah, God, he's, got a, he's got to report his findings to the old man ASAP. Yeah. Oh, okay. What the fuck happened to my photocopier cut? <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't remember what happened to the in the rest of the movie because that was all fantastic. He, go, he goes, he goes over to the vineyard and and meets Linda Fiorentino. Yes, well, I mean, more specifically, he goes to the exact same fucking mansion as the first one, but it's from a different angle, so we're in a different house now. Magic and cinema, yes, mate. He meets a, a rich lady to in order to ask about yeah the suicide. And there um, is yeah Linda Fiorentino, Paul. That's pretty good. I like she, that. God. Do I have to go through all this again? Thank you. I was like, yeah, do you know Elizabeth Cooper? Oh, do you? No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes. I mean, yes, no, I don't. (laughs) No, nobody killed themselves here. I mean, (laughs) get away. So, yeah, she explains explains that she showed up. And it was her and her daughter. Mm. And that she respected her because she asked for a job and not charity. So she gave him a plate of bread and then hired her. (laughs) You gotta not ask for charity, and then you get charity. That's that's it. You gotta, <laughs> you as long as you're a proud a proud hobo, that's fine. Yeah, um, exactly. And as she explains, having the little girl around was lovely because it was so refreshing to have someone in my life who didn't pretend to already know everything. What's an Indian summer? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anything, but it's nice to have someone else don't not pretend. Yeah, well, you don't want to be, as somebody who's happy to admit you don't know things, you don't want to be surrounded by people who are like, I definitely know this. I've just arrived (laughs) on this planet, but I don't know. Let's just not know this together. Although I imagine it just trails off. Trails off, yeah. (laughs) Wait, wait, oh. And then I Googled it and I started reading and got bored. Uh, So... (laughs) She yeah she she continues to tell this this story. Eventually, yeah. she has to hire two drifters. Oh no! Yes, they go they go to spend Christmas at her winter home, which also looks kind of like the others. But she's paid it to uh, mm. paid it to be snowy. Yeah, um, you see, I just I, I missed that. I just thought it was at the same place. <laughs> yeah, it was wonder why the same place. Yeah. It actually was. But yeah, there were two drifters, and they hilariously kidnap the girl in broad daylight, a few feet away from two lady two mansions. Yeah, Linda two mansions, and um, yeah, two, they leave a note yeah. demanding twenty five thousand mm. dollars. That's not. I mean, if I could raise that amount of money at a push, you should probably be asking for more from lady two mansions. Mm. Drifters, mate. They're not greedy. They just. They oh, just need, that's lovely. They just need to get going. One foot out the door is their problem. We're not going to clear you out. You know, we just. Yeah. Just need a year's salary. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please, um, Lady Two Mansions. Linda Two Mansions. Charity? So I don't ho- think so. And unfortunately, it's 1991. No, it's 1980 yeah. and the banks don't open past 9am on, a, on yeah. any day. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. What a fantasy that would be here in Toy Britain, <laughs> where banks close at 9.03 and they open at <laughs> 9.04. You just... No chance. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of a high and low situation because they think they've got her daughter, but in fact, it's, you know, her... Uh, I don't know what role she employs um, the mother into. She was dressed as a maid when when she was delivering yeah. the bad news to her, so <laughs> I have to assume accountant. Yeah, uh, a p- porn star. So <laughs> yeah, it's like high. It's like Kurosawa's high and low, but without the stakes. And we hilariously see the Phew. handover play out because yeah. she's given her uh, three thousand dollars or so. Three thousand five hundred. Yeah. That's right, to go and try and negotiate and to explain that it's not Wine Lady's daughter. Yeah. She sends her alone. 
Yeah, you go and, alone. Uh, You're in the least position yeah. of power am- amongst all of us. Uh, this seems yeah, fine. And it just it doesn't work out. They oh, want fifty thousand well. dollars more, um, which is you know, which is getting somewhere. And the narrator explains and describes things that just aren't happening. <laughs> Shut up, bitch! Come on, man. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Come on. They better produce the money by noon of the next day. And now they wanted fifty thousand dollars. Well, because that's we why. Yeah, <laughs> that's why she has to explain. <laughs> You don't get the wrong oh, idea. Looks... Damn it, there's a coffin here now and it's all bloody. So, you know, don't open don't... it, but she's definitely in there. Yeah, no, don't open it. Don't... And, well, we have to call the police. No, please don't call the police, says the mother. Why? Well, they already know that there was a kidnapping. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, they'll probably just ignore that. They'll forget about it. Yeah, but I'm so poor. They're very busy around here. Think of all the children that have been harmed this year in 1980. <laughs> <laughs> you keep saying that, but I don't believe you. I think it's been an especially safe year for kids. <laughs> it must be people are lying low and resting up preparing for 1981 the first year of ronald reagan's presidency <laughs> when all children Rish. will be safe forever and um well, you yeah. surely know a lot about what's going on right now yeah. i guess you're right so they bury the girl with the help of the epic yeah. priest who i guess is meant to be the priest for the beginning but he's awesome in this one shot um he's old though Just and he's blowing locks he's the he brother is. he's the brother of He's he's related to to one of them. <laughs> yeah, probably actually. He's Lazar Rockwood. Um, he, he's he's he Lazar Rockwood from the future. Um, but in for the purposes yeah. of narrative, he's related to one of the two women in the script on in the scene there. Oh, fuck. Um, but he's he's awesome. He kicks ass for the Lord. He does kick ass for the Lord. The following morning, the mum has hung herself, hanged yeah. herself. God damn it! Yeah. And uh... <laughs> love of Christ, Jesus. And uh, Linda Two Mansions really can't be fucked to cover up another death, so she reports yeah. that one. And uh, yeah, just lets the little girl be a missing case forever. But the kidnappers do get captured. Yeah. One gets sent to jail and one gets away. Or does. Oh. I thought yeah, one this, okay, got this captured. That's really a confusing point. A few days later, one of the kidnappers was arrested in an attempted bank robbery. They never found the other one, as far as I know. Whatever happened to the man that was captured? He was convicted of the kidnapping and sentenced to several years in jail. I guess he's still there. You know the kidnapper that was never captured? Well, I've already located his partner. After spending eight years in prison, he was recently released. Because um, it's going to happen. Ha- ha- all right, we'll talk more in a moment. But yes, one of them goes okay. to jail at least. Mm-hmm. At least. So far as the police are concerned, the girl just disappeared. So yeah. a few years well, later, she erected a statue, didn't look after it. Yeah, yeah whatever. I couldn't couldn't bear to, I couldn't bear to go there. You have staff. They're very busy. We're <laughs> all busy. I'm not paying them enough money to have free time. So, <laughs> but um, I love that girl. Um, honest. Yeah, she she she. To the extent that she has kept some of her things, I keep them secretly in an out of place box here in the dining room, just edging you know, out slightly from the from the sideboard, so people do keep knocking it off. <laughs> But it's in a drab box, and nobody's curious. When they, whenever they do knock it off, they just stamp on it a couple of times. And, and well, on. I'm always surrounded by people who pretend to know everything, so none of them have any curiosity about boxes they encounter. You see, haha! <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there you uh, go. It was a rock hard point, a take... Lazar rock hard point. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! <laughs> Plot I meant. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, so... He's going to rock your wood. Wo- wo- I uh, I think we should probably keep your secret. Oh, good. Apart from my boss, who paid me to find all of this out, of course. I'll yeah. tell him everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I never did ask who you were or why you yeah. needed to know any of this. Yeah, but don't worry. I'm not going to tell you this bit. Oh, okay. Thank God. So I can relax. <laughs> Great. Back I go to whatever it is I do. All <laughs> so anyway, there are two kidnappers. One went to prison. The other disappeared, I think, at this stage. So yeah, yeah I think the partner was released and is now in a country music band. Yes, that's that's what happened. He's in a country. Okay, great. Country Western music, a country Western music band. To be specific, there was some dialogue implying that this was actually his old partner from before the crime, but let's ignore that. It's not. It makes more sense to be the partner. Yeah. Jesus Um, Christ. (laughs) <laughs> yes i wonder I'm... which of the members of this band is a criminal oh that'll be him <laughs> the one who looks like a prominent character from a benedict film yeah that was also he was in this woman's uh recollections earlier uh ah, yeah you see that's good memorizing she, she described him wells 
and yeah. um, Orson Welles. Orson Welles. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he looks like a proper wrong and and uh, yeah. uh, John Michael Hancock goes in all as a all as a water has a good quip and um, and and then yeah talks to him a bit. Yeah. Oh, and he's a good character, yeah. Paul. I'd like to ask you about your former partner in crime. Oh yeah, sure. Do you mind if my backup singers changing here? No, not at all. <laughs> so your partner killed a little girl, and I want to know what you know about it. <laughs> Look, man, we only we only kidnapped her. <laughs> we had planning on killing a man. That was all messed up. <laughs> so they decided to dig up the ground in front of the statue. But I thought, eh, never mind. <laughs> so the girl's grave is there, I guess, yeah. and um, the former partner and kidnapper um, is yeah going to help Hancock dig her up. Dig her up. Yeah. But surprise, there was never a dead girl in the box. Oh, it's just just a rabbit. Oh, no, that's a different film I watched this week. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, um, just a coffin-shaped ransom note. How could this possibly have been misconstrued? <laughs> now, was so... there... I couldn't tell because I was watching a YouTube copy, but was was there a, were, were there weights in the coffin to suggest, you know, to give the yeah, impression I, uh, of a girl's body in there? There was something in there. Just like tarpaulin. I was sure. I think it was. It looked like a fur rug or something. It was ridiculous. Like, uh, no idea. No there idea. An, what that was about. There was a note in there. Well, you know, it was a coffin, and they'd fashioned a cross, a crucifix for the top of the coffin. So it's clearly what the fuck wouldn't have done that if if the girl was still alive. But she was. And there's a, another <laughs> ransom letter in there. We've got to act fast because this was ten years old. <laughs> oh my god! I can't believe he set the meeting as next week. <laughs> so there's a chance the child may still be alive. Mm. Yes, but not a child. If she's alive, she will have aged over the past ten years. Yes, of course. I'm so glad I hired you as a detective. There's a chance that the child is still alive. Small chance, but not a child anymore. If she's alive at all, she's a 19-year-old woman now. <laughs> to be, and then he utters the, 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 the really strangely conspicuous phrase: "She'll be a 19-year-old woman." Just. <laughs> That is vaguely upsetting in and, ways that I don't want to explore. I'm not ready to yet. Well, Paul, don't worry about that because now um, John Michael Hancock <laughs> is going to ask Orson Welles to recount the, the, the reasons that he hired her. And if you were oh, uncomfortable yes. about that, here are some more yes. uh, formal deliveries of lines about a woman's body. <laughs> anyway, I get the impression that this isn't just about you falling in love with a little dead girl. No, I'm her father. What? You're an incredible <laughs> detective. <laughs> So yeah, he was working at a mental hospital and he yeah. had an affair with a nurse. You can see why this had to remain secret and could never have worked out. A doctor and a nurse? It's unheard of. <laughs> the I, I breathe a sigh of relief realising they're not going to go down the he fucked a patient uh, yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, uh. yeah. I wanted her and she knew it. The desire was mutual. gorgeous body and she used it well and she was insatiable my office my car one time we were attending a board meeting and she used those slender thighs to rub up against me maybe we could move forward very well i got her pregnant and then tried to try to pay her to get an abortion which didn't go down well (laughs) what a bitch oh um, she didn't like that oh she she hit the roof mate you know what women are like (laughs) So <laughs> right, and he he leans in for a fist bump, and he's like, "I don't know what that is." <laughs> I'll give you some money to fist bump me. <sighs> and Paul. so yeah, at this point, uh, John Michael Cena uh, goes back to um, <laughs> mm-hmm. back to his the partner in crime for yeah. uh, for info. Look, guy, I already told you no. You need me to help you dig up another little girl. I'm there, but I'm not giving you <laughs> any info except for this. Ooh, a lead, and he runs all the way home. <laughs> then the dancers come into the room, and he's like, "Oh, we don't need you anymore. Sorry, sorry, girls." <laughs> Fuck off. So at, at this stage, I get bored and stop paying attention for a while. But um, once I tune back in, he's interviewing a mechanic. Yep. Is this man familiar? No, he's not in the scrap game. He is familiar, though. Bitch. <laughs> Why did I fucking ask you? <laughs> no, no, come back. I do know where he is. <sighs> All right. <laughs> anyway, he's, he's, he's conspicuously doing crimes uh, near a phone. <laughs> Um, he is, but also, um, yeah, they, they they speak too loudly. Uh, he's asking, he's conspicuously collecting information. Our our, our heroes, so mm-hmm. he gets overheard. Hey, yeah. somebody's looking for that weird friend of yours. Okay, thanks, early John Carpenter. <laughs> I tune back out because this is quite complicated and fairly boring. Uh, but eventually, he does. I, yes, as you say, yeah. he finds the guy, mm. um, the kidnapper. Yeah, just you know, it's... and he decides to position himself 10 feet away and read a newspaper <laughs> whilst <laughs> observing him. Yes, but the the plan, the plan and 
sorry, the plan and plot thicken Paul because he gets uh, the bright idea, John Michael Hancock, to write him a note because this guy he's a bookie <laughs> and you know a bookie for the mob. Uh, yeah, uh, he's sitting next to a phone with an out, out of order sign on it, continuously yeah. taking calls from it. And then writing things on a bit of paper and stuffing it in his jacket, whistling. It's an airtight operation. It's it is hermetic. And John Michael Hancock <laughs> has the bright the bright idea to write a note saying, "Hey, a cop. Hey, word to the wise. Cops are looking for you. But there's this guy, yeah. Mr. Hunt. That's me. He's gonna come and he's gonna come and sort things out for you. And he gets a boy yes. and he gives him money for a milkshake. He loudly and says, calls over a boy. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a favor for you involving that guy over there, <laughs> the the shady looking illegal guy that kidnapped a kid. Anyway, you need to take this <laughs> note over to him." And he does, and yeah. then and then John Michael Hancock waits a microsecond before <laughs> <laughs> introducing he himself. Barely, barely succeeds the note, <laughs> and yeah, shows up and says, "I think something they wrote to you about you." Oh yeah, I think I read something. It's the note still in his hand. I think I read something about that. And so yeah, Hel- Hancock God. hilariously, very, very nearly gets busted immediately, and is only saved by the crime dude's stupidity and gullibility and inability to listen to other people on the phone. Yes, it's a um, very fortunate man. That's the thing is, he's just he's got great luck stats. Oh god, it's idiot. not the it's definitely not the Weak last idiot, time it's going to but... come into play. Yeah, really inspect <laughs> yeah. gadget here. Um, he yeah, so he <laughs> takes into a bar, takes into a bar, and gets into spill the beans, but in a clever sort of hey, I'm helping you, yeah. buddy. So why don't you tell tell me whether or not you actually killed this kid? And he didn't. Yeah. He, t- he just he just saved her, kind of. If my saved, oh, you mean no. kidnapped and and kept yeah. in a flat forever. Yeah. And, uh, oh, meanwhile, there are some gangsters going about, including a man with the head of a boy, uh, a wrestler, <laughs> and uh, the man who doesn't realize that he's not holding a gun. And they're all dressed like 1920s mobsters, and they're they're well, roaming about the place. Yeah, it's interesting because I got I got uh, Rothstein, uh, Lucky <laughs> Lucky Luciano, and then Willem Dafoe from Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> so yeah, it turns out the kidnapper has the girl in a basement yeah. where she believes that he's her father. And mm. uh, yeah, he ties up the cop in the same room. It's a good plan. It's it's a, it's a great plan. Look, if I want to tie up and torture a victim in front of my daughter in our one room apartment, and I can because I'm a dad. All right. Anyway, don't. I've got to go very quickly. Do yes. not listen to anything he says. <laughs> For the love of God, please. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that. I start trying to remember the ending of uh, Gone Baby Gone, and I do miss out on some of the exposition. But when I tune back in, he's um, yeah leaving his daughter with the only man in the world who knows everything about who she is. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, the doll. The mother didn't know the name of the doll. No, I don't remember that oh. bit, but I remember all the bits you didn't pay attention for. <laughs> so yes, he goes. He gets. He gets mobsters to come. No, he goes, and then mobsters come. And I don't think that was the plan that um, scummy kidnapper guy had, but it happens. No, yeah. Um, yeah. Whilst Correct. Hancock convinces his daughter you know to let him go but it's too late they hilariously yeah. and dejectedly tie them both up <laughs> kidnapper comes home gets shot in the head yeah um in, in a hilarious misunderstanding Ooh, <laughs> mixed nuts anyway they didn't tie them up so very well so they go to escape but oh no the gangsters are back <laughs> you guys you guys anyway we're gonna kill you now uh, sorry about that so they <laughs> yeah rock music starts as they get transported to the junkyard <laughs> Where they get put into a car, and again, just not tied up very well. But, well, actually, okay. fairly well, because they, well, they don't get they out. Fairly well, but they don't get out. I assume they're going to get out, but they get put in a crusher. Yeah. And I do remember the bleak ending of Beyond the Seventh Door, and I do wonder if they might just die here. Yeah. Um. So it is relatively tense, and as soon as... But as soon as the gangsters don't wait to find out whether or not they die, I feel like, oh, okay, they're going to be fine. Moe's going to save them. <laughs> but... Well, Moe, fuck... Yes, they get saved by... You're fucking kidding me. Oh, my God. You goofed. <laughs> so I bet you could use that drink now. The fucking reporter librarian <laughs> shows up. Yeah. It's the funniest shit. And she it's mentions a... that she called the police before she came. And yeah. then they immediately show up having arrested all of the gangsters off screen. Yeah. So it's everything is fine. Everything is fine. Um, Everything's look, fine. She knew because she saw she saw the photocopy that he threw away. 
in the bin. Oh, when, when he I left, remember that bit. Yeah, she was ready. She was back for a fucking, and she was How like, well, she... I'll have a rummage in the bin. Oh, you're looking into the... it all together. <laughs> well, I think she just followed him from afar, but we didn't have oh, okay, we didn't have the privilege of getting to see her on screen. Just got to well, watch John Michael Hancock. Wonderful. She just, I prefer that she just manifests in an urgent moment of need. Absolutely. They actually both died in there. This is just a pre-death fantasy that he had. And big, so this is, this is his big fish. He returns the daughter to uh, her absentee father and surrogate mother. This is like Gone Baby Gone, um, <laughs> who are going to date each other now. Yeah, um, and he rides off into the sunset with the live reporter. Everything resolved. Hey, who was the ghost? The end. <laughs> Yay! Yay! That was the graveyard story. Paul, what no. did you think of the graveyard story? <laughs> well, look, it's it, got to, got to preface all of this by saying it's no beyond the seventh door. Of course. Of course, it, it it couldn't be. It couldn't possibly be the one in a million Big Bang of Beyond the Seventh Door. That's the disadvantage in peaking too early. Yeah, you know, he did a Citizen Kane. He went uh, through the seventh door is a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. Um, <laughs> I went through the sixth one, probably. Um, but but I will say, like, within a minute, I had a sense that this was going to be a slog. But yes. as the procedural started, I was at least semi-interested in it. And then yes, once, once I'd settled into the overall naffness and silliness of the thing, I, I was fairly, I was enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that, that is it. I think in terms of the actual unwinding plot, I was actually relatively genuinely interested yeah. in where they were going. And then there are little hilarious, so bad they're good moments sprinkled in to keep you interested. Yeah. So, and it's not wild yeah. balls to the wall beyond the seventh door. No. Um, so bad it's good, like trying to unhook something with an t- extended tape measure. But it's, no. But it is just very silly wearing, you know, like wearing a, a crap jumper. A crap, yeah, yeah, crap wooden jumper whilst this tough oh, undercover cop is trying to, like, muscle his way through town, um, but with John yeah. Michael Higgins' face. Oh, it's... There's some great performances and acting oh, yeah. moments, just in terms of just bizarre decisions. One of the mobsters, well, you'll hear all about them in the quickfire, but oh, yeah. yeah, there's some really wonderful stuff going on with them and some of the side characters. Yeah. The dialogue, the dialogue isn't, it's rubbish, but it's not immediately hilarious it needs to be paired with a terrible performance a lazar rockwood Mm. to really bring out the specialness of it there were a few lines that had to sink in and i'd laugh half a minute later Um, yeah the same there's nothing as immediately funny as you know the lord of the rings who the hell was that (laughs) yeah uh but you know i mean this is a this is a quick fire so i'm definitely parting the kimono a bit early here but right Woo! Um, mixing my metaphors up but um the mr hunt why is when he asked why did you hire me mr hunt why is the most overused word in the english language that is why i am hiring you to find out why <laughs> and it's it, it, it's multiple layers, layers of nonsense and, yeah. and because it's delivered in this awesome wells <laughs> manner by this guy it doesn't yeah. jump out as a as a Lazar Rockwood punch would, but it is just as silly, and there are quite a few lines in there that were very very silly and very very yeah, just just wholly illogical, and and, and yeah. it, it was just enough to keep me buoyed throughout. Yes, it has that lovely feel of insincerity to it, and as much as it feels like somebody trying to copy other movies, mm. this is an attempt at a sort of melodramatic crime story. Um, yes, by someone who has no frame of reference beyond potentially just hazy memories of such similar films from their childhood. And it has that feel to it. It feels, I don't know, simultaneously, yes, more competent Mm. in a sort of purely cinematic sense than beyond the seventh door, which is unfortunate because you know, this sort of thing, that's not necessarily what you want. (laughs) It is more competent. It's more so sober for the most part but does still just have those little touches of pure madness where you just think, how could you possibly have expected that to have worked straight? Yeah. It's great for our purposes, but what? how How could you possibly think the reporter just finding them yeah. and turning off the crusher at the last minute was a reasonable plot point? Yeah. It's madness. And similar, yeah, just... Very similar to... Excuse me. Very, very similar to... Um, is it Bruce, the, the the mechanic dad, who, you know, 
brings this guy home, this detective, ties him up, beats mm. him up with yes. a fucking bean can and, and threatens to yeah. like torture him to get information out of him in front of his daughter, turns around to his daughter and says, "Don't, I, I have to go now. Don't listen to him. He wants to hurt you. Um, yeah. Bye. It, it's... <laughs> It, it's 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 such a yeah. basic um such a basic like narrative error isn't it yes it is it's just oh god it just it feels so it feels first drafty you know it's just yes it feels nice and rubbish there was very low levels of scrutiny about the place to guarantee any kind of quality yeah and so here we are, and it's yeah, it doesn't have the fun. It's not as as dramatically, compellingly exciting as a true, you know, cult classic. But it's worth no. it's worth a single watch. I had fun, and yeah, I it, so I think it's 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 a spectacle in and of itself, a very contained, soft, cuddly spectacle. Um, yes, it's very and, mild. Yeah, and I felt like like if Malibu Express had none of the nudity or swearing. Or uh, or meanness. It was a similar sort yeah. of um, feeling I had about the main character, um, despite the fact that he was trying to play it straight and be an intimidating guy. It just came just came oh. off as like cuddly and sweet. Yeah, I didn't get the charm or the charisma off of this guy though that I did from the. Oh Malibu yeah, no, I, I didn't mean that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just John Michael Higgins. But yeah, it was okay. it was it's worth yeah. a watch, I think, because it's. I mean, oh, yeah. you'll see from from the the quick fires, it's a subtler yeah. it's a subtler blendable than your se- beyond the seventh door. I think that's it, because ultimately, in reviewing the whole movie, you have to concede that it is a little dull here mm. and there, but you know, just about passable in terms of its actual function. Yeah. But it's these little moments that are going to make really make the movie and sort yeah. of stand out. So let's get on to those. Okay. Quick fire. Um, tiny moment from Orson Welles of just throwing out, um, I asked a friend of mine, also a psychiatrist, and he said... <laughs> oh, okay, awesome. great. Yeah. I asked another psychiatrist. <laughs> all of my friends are psychiatrists. <laughs> but not all psychiatrists are my friends. Ah, fuck yeah, he's been hurt. <sighs> Wise. Burned once. Therapized twice. Horny thrice. Oh, yeah. And the fourth time is me talking to you. Ah, lovely, we came back around. I don't know where to begin with you, you mad, mad man. Um, you mad man! Mad so my, Max! My first one was the Final Fantasy ass opening music. Um, it's very... Oh no! The ultimate weapon's attacking! Quick! <laughs> to cripple my materials so, yeah. the fucking electronic organ work is very good it has this has the feel mm-hmm. of something where probably half the cast are pseudonyms for benedict including yeah. the music man music man uh, uh i'll tell you one person who's not that though it's not playing being played by benedict is the librarian journalist who i've just got here as a good thing because she's just wonderful mm-hmm. she's incredibly cheesy she's playing it very large the first character in the movie to be doing so um yeah. And just has some excellent delivery on some of these things. And then yeah. as a concept, the idea of bringing her back in the end is just hilarious. <clears throat> One of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. It was it was lovely. And, and that whole ending really is a... Um, yeah. It, it's just... It, it feels like uh, such a deus ex machina. Oh, everything worked out so well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I love the shifty eyes of Orson Welles when he's in bed getting haunted. He has a, a little... <laughs> look around his immediate space before getting up and um and exploring Amazing. and it was very um what even was uh, the haunting <laughs> sorry just madness what even was, oh, what the was it just madness yeah i don't i don't know <laughs> the statue coming to life it kind of his, does later on i guess his uh, guilt maybe he did uh, abandon her um so my next thing is him cl- is uh, our hero clumsily manhandling a fucking large book into a photocopier. Just whilst action music plays. Whilst it's, yeah. He has this moment of realization, and then for some reason we have to see the entirety of him trying to scan this awkwardly large <laughs> yeah. book. 
and he oh, just comes over. Amazing. He's like he bashes the photocopier straight away with the book by mistake, and then pins it oh. again between himself and the body as he lifts the tray. Yeah. And it just kind of ups it onto his chest, and then just dumps it onto the bed. <laughs> and it's just oh fuck, it's dun, the funniest dun, 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 shit. It's, it's it's so good. It yeah. It, it it's this is that naffness that we're talking about. People at home. Yeah. And you gotta you have to appreciate that naffness. It was honestly like a naked gun joke. Like, it's yeah. Just, yeah. Wonderful. Cinema verite, mate. Mm. Um, it's funny how times change because when Dr. Ireland is um, reading something or maybe finding the ad for the cop, um, he puts on a pair of glasses that just look like Nicki Minaj glasses. They're, they're, they're like sum- summertime MTV. Yeah. <laughs> Getting crunk sort of glasses. <laughs> Fantastic. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I have a job this- for you. <laughs> yeah um i really enjoyed the snowy scene you know in the in the winter house it's just i know mm. it took me back because i feel i got cheated out of christmas a little bit with my two weeks of illness so to suddenly have mm. a snowy scene and it was christmas again i felt yeah momentarily quite pleased by that <laughs> well I'm, I'm happy for you mate yeah when a film has no burgers to speak of it's got to at the very least oh, take yeah. you back to a christmas that you didn't have <sighs> <laughs> the lost christmas it's what you uh, always say yeah. um when when uh john higgins john when john michael hancock is doing his researching uh mm. in the in the library archive news place yeah he takes the most heroic drag on his cigarette <laughs> so much so that my lungs hurt <laughs> he, he he's he's just perusing he's, he's perusing these files and he starts to suck, and then he just keeps <laughs> sucking, and and physically that felt bad for me, but I was very impressed. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that are bad for us in terms of our soul and our well-being, I will say no. it's a genuinely good thing. The the mother was quite good being suitably upset when mourning the girl. Like mm. it was a it was an affecting moment, you know, yeah. a very tragic little thing. It's a sad story because again, this movie doesn't know that it's cheesy, you know, schlock. It's trying yeah. to play it straight, and so there are some moments which are affecting. Yeah. Does affecting. Um, do you mean the bit when they find the coffin, or when I she's think in the room? so? I d- it might have been mm. a later morning sequence where you know because she makes her she's in bed and she's crying, and then the woman that comes in and mm. you know says, yeah. you know, I think we should make arrangements. So I forget which one of the moments. Okay. But nevertheless, I think in general she just really sold the idea of mourning for yeah. her daughter, and that was yeah upsetting. Cool. Yeah, I liked the the shock and grief when they first see the coffin because it's a yeah. you know a tracking shot as they walk yeah. through you know walk down this path <laughs> uh, onto it <laughs> of what may or may not have been the winery. Yeah. Um, when John Michael Hancock comes to go to the winery for the first mm. time, the in fiction winery for the first time, uh, he asks Linda Fiorentino about Elizabeth Cooper. Is she also had a lovely young girl named Dolly. And the use of the word lovely is wrong for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it stands out Amazing. as another, she'll be a 19-year-old woman with breasts <laughs> of childbearing age. <laughs> so was there something vaguely pervy about it? No, it's just, I, it's just unintentionally so. Um, okay. I, I didn't pick, I mean, there were no pervy overtones from the guy. It was just, right. it, it's just, it's just a phrasing that, wouldn't work in a in a movie nowadays okay my sort of hidden mvp of the movie is mm. you've got the dancing girls um mm. with the band that the ex-con is now in yeah and one of the girls she's the blonde one and she's wearing a daisy duke kind of outfit sort of cut off jeans mm-hmm. and a sort of you know country sort of look and her dancing is just everything to me I really loved it. The lamest moves you've yeah. ever seen in your life, and just so delivered with sincerity, but also a real lack of flexibility and effort, which just made it really, really endearing to me. Ah, oh, it, 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 that whole scene did make me think: Are we in a history hole, or are we in a gorehouse yeah. grate? Yeah, because it, it was just. <laughs> Yeah, it did. It just made me sit up and go. Are we watching a Gore House grave? Because yeah. it was the the cursory musical number <laughs> that filled up a few minutes. Yes, uh, with people who hasn't necessarily performed ever in their lives. <laughs> they didn't know they were going to be performing when they woke up that morning. 
<laughs> they didn't know they were going to be performing until the film came out. Yeah. And, and and I say this as somebody who would look equally as awkward. Um, <laughs> unless, yeah. unless I'd have been pre-warned, unlike these people. It was great. I loved it. It was great. <laughs> um, look, being, you know, the idea of being left in the woods in a coffin is grim by kidnappers. Oh, like, God, oh yeah. you didn't pay us the fucking money? Well, here she is. Dead in a coffin, yeah. Yeah. like the co- like going the extra mile of getting a coffin or making a coffin is is really yeah. sinister. Yeah, um, plan didn't oh. work too well though, considering it was a ransom note. Mm. I'll say this. Uh, oh yeah, when after the coffin moment, uh, the detective one, uh, muses to himself, mm. "Looks like she jumped to the wrong conclusion too quickly." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Take another pass at that. <laughs> Uh, uh. B- BD, can I call you BD? No. Oh, uh, <laughs> Mr. Ben- Mr. Benedict. What? That's not a sentence. <laughs> what do you mean it's not a sentence? It's <laughs> 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 a awkward mustache yeah. falls off. <laughs> <laughs> not again, says John Michael Hancock. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go and become a British comedian. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, fuck. That was, that was wonderful. Yeah. Amazing line. Um, there is a moment when John Michael Higgins is interviewing Linda Fuhr on Two Mansions, and <laughs> when she's recalling the events around the kidnapping and killing of this girl, there's a close-up of her scratching her hand with a finger, and yeah. then a cut to Hunt, or John Michael Hancock, yeah. clocking this before looking back up at her, as ah. if to say, this is a detail that's going to help me in my investigation. <laughs> and that's the end of that thought. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but the kidnapper had hands. <gasps> and that's what gave him the idea. Oh, it's only right that I quit this podcast, mate. I'm a hack. I've got nothing. <laughs> that's what you get from close reading. That's what they teach you in that masters. <laughs> that's what Laura Mulvey's about. <laughs> um, the, okay, so there's a series of lines here that lead to a brilliant where okay. narrator Orson Welles says, "I never saw her again." And then in the flashback, you hear her say, "You can take your money and stuff it." And then Orson Welles <laughs> continues his line. I wanted to. I really did. But I didn't. <laughs> I never saw her again. Stop it! I wanted to. You know, I really did. You see the issue that happened yeah. here? <laughs> I tried to stuff it. <laughs> stuff it as good as I could. But I just couldn't. It's when you, when you cross... <laughs> Cross a J and an L cut together. Um, there's, so Hunt, uh, John Michael Hancock did have these little things that made a difference, like the the look to the, the hand and the the quick furtive, well, and like the decisive <laughs> looking back up at Mrs. Bluer. Is her name Linda Fiorent Two Mansions? This is this yeah. is confusing. Introducing their actual character names. Yeah, never um, do that. <laughs> when she's getting Dolly's things from the drawers, Hunt's waiting. Off to one side, and he yeah. he looks well. He looks off to one side, like out of shot while he's waiting, mm-hmm. as if he's sort of scoping out the place, or has noticed yeah. something, or has had an idea. And that that was a little thing that just added to his character. He wasn't just yeah. doing that thing of you know when you watch movies like this generally, and somebody has like yeah. somebody says their line, and then they've got to wait for the other person to say their line, and they just stand there looking at the other person. Yeah. Um, as you know, their one role is to say the lines. This guy was embodying the character of. A private detective, yeah, and it meant that meant something to me, Paul. That John Michael Higgins would take the time out to do that. That was his special little gift to you. <laughs> oh, explains explains all the letters. <laughs> um, okay, just in general, when the kidnapper is working his shoeshine uh, mob role, yeah, the sheer number of times he furtively looks around to make sure nobody's watching, and then we just cut to a full-on shot. Of architects <laughs> just staring right the fuck at it that he has somehow managed to miss, and the framing of the shot just implying that they are just sat twenty feet away yeah. from each other. It's fantastic, it's one of the funniest things. Because he's got the newspaper, but it's not like he hasn't. He's not got the newspaper blocking his face. He's sitting yeah. side on. So yeah. <laughs> um. So every every furtive so called glance that he makes at Bruce or whatever the fuck his name is, yeah, is 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 just is just an overt action. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing fantastic um so mm. when 
Hancock is approaching people with a picture of this kidnapper. Um, yeah. Oh, by the by the way, that's that scene when he's sitting there, you know, all day with this out of order phone that's continuously ringing, and he's yes. sitting there taking, making notes. Yeah. When they go to leave, he then takes the out of order sign off the phone, but hasn't told anybody that he's no longer going to be working. So the calls are still <laughs> going to be coming through to a payphone that doesn't have an out of order sign on it. Surely you'd put the out of order sign on it when you leave. <laughs> But, it's a less oh, conspicuous. Yeah, but no, this is the same yeah. same same logic he applies to leaving his daughter in the room with people that could ruin his life forever. Yeah. So what do I know? Um. Anyway, yeah. the, when he's approaching people with a picture of this this um, evil genius, one guy goes, "Nope, never seen him. What did he do?" And then fucking Hancock just goes, "What does it matter if you've never seen him? Oh, it doesn't." <laughs> and he just walks off without saying anything. And the guy. Uh, the, there's, we're just stuck with this guy looking after him, and it's yeah. later because he then passes on that some some absolute morons going around loudly asking about him. But um, <laughs> but yeah. at, the, at the time, it just felt like we just got to sit with that character that was just demeaned <laughs> yeah. for a couple of seconds just to let that soak in. <laughs> I enjoyed that. School this mm. prick. <laughs> you grubby prick, you grease monkey. <laughs> um. Okay, I liked the pinstripe. Okay. Uh, minor character who managed to um, steal my heart part two this is one of the mobsters there are two sort of heavies and one main mobster but one of Mm -hmm. the heavies is a guy in striped a pinstripe suit with Mm. a sort of afro kind of haircut Mm. and he is just overdoing it to hell he's just maniacally twisting and leaning and bending and smirking and just doing everything he can to seem the villain at oh, all times, God. and it's just wonderful. You said that you guys were going to take care of him. We didn't, but we will as soon as we find him. Now, shit, heel, where does he live? He reminded me of Clamps from Futurama. <laughs> he just oh yeah, he that's had a good that one. energy to him. <laughs> I had Leopold from The Simpsons. <laughs> all right, listen up, you little freaks. <laughs> yeah, he had that vibe, and it was good fun. He he was great. Does anyone know where we are? Give me the paper. Just fucking grinding his teeth to dust to get all of his lines out. He does. I don't remember him having a very distinct line. At the end of it, his fellow gangster, I think, leans to him and says, See now, look at you, you stupid piece of shit. (laughs) I haven't said anything. (laughs) Um, When when they're... um, Yeah, I I called the two henchmen because you got um, Rothstein um, Mm. and then his two goons, Lucky and, um, I guess, Lucky and Leopold. Uh, and and Lucky had an amazing line when they're um, I think they're just talking to the guy who I put down as Wes Anderson and I think you put down as young John Carpenter Um, they're questioning where the mechanic kidnapper dad went and the Italian Lucky just goes and uh, speak up a little bit because I'm starting to get mad if you know what I mean I don't mate I really don't (laughs) no idea mate I really have no idea (laughs) those aren't those not an expression from where I'm from you have an ear infection? What? I know it's all linked. Oh, fucking beautiful. Beautiful Wonderful. man. Fantastic. That's the kind of thing you need. So fucking, even, even the joke names I give these characters changes as the story goes on. So Bruce, the mechanic kidnapped dad, I ended up calling yeah. Mel Brooks. Um, <laughs> when he's given the note saying the cops are looking for him, it feels like just some fucking improv prompt. And I got ready for some overblown reaction that was going to be nightmarish and bring to mind, you know, like A-level drama. Yeah. But it was underplayed, and I liked it. I liked his sort of. It was panic, but he's a yeah. pro to like. He, he tried to squash the panic down and look around. And yeah. um, I actually, until he started getting wild and like beating on the guy in front of his daughter, I was quite liking the guy playing Bruce. Ah, good stuff. Mm. Yeah. Sinister, sinister type. Mm. The sinister Mel Brooks type. <laughs> we all know the type. Um, right, my last one then. Mm-hmm. Is when he is tied to the pipe. His daughter is there. No, not his daughter. Fuck me. I'm very, really tired. <laughs> That's uh, not where I am da- anymore. The daughter is there, and um, mm. yeah, he's he's just says something to the effect of um, you know, let me go, you know, and she says, you better explain yourself, Mister, if you want me to help you. And he says, all right, but I'll have to make it brief. <laughs> and then just appears to tell the story of the movie, starting from where we came <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Which I is- just love. The explanation of that, I'll have to make it brief. (laughs) 
<laughs> Which hell. I especially love because he was a fucking wild man for the first five <laughs> minutes of being left alone. And like, yeah. rather than explain what had happened, he was like, you got to let me go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why? I can't tell you why, but I might just kill everyone if you, if you don't. You can trust me. Uh, <laughs> stupid, stupid man. Stupid um, man. Stupid man. Um, so the very end, um, potentially the final shot, they're, they're driving off in a limo or whatever. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, in Orson Welles' limo. The yeah. uh, John Michael Higgins, Clark Hancock, and reporter, investigator, librarian lady. They're, they're talking about the story that he's going to give her. And then there's like an, an allusion to, hey, when it comes to nighttime, though, we're going to fuck. And then they raise the privacy window in the limo. There's a cut to outside, cut back. Hunt has champagne and Vicky's holding a glass <laughs> and, it, and she looks so awkward as if it's just been thrust into her hand or just appeared without her, like within the space of a blink. And it was yeah. so sudden and awkward. It really, really just <laughs> signed the whole movie off perfectly for me. Wonderful. What more <sighs> could you ask? Ah, oh, excellent. Well, that was quick firing. Now, mm. the OG team I have checked into and it doesn't look like we've heard oh. anything, including cool. okay. from Lucy, who I did message and she's replied but regarding something else. So she just blanked <laughs> and, me on this. And, and and she, waiting for a reply for that, saw the the Paul is typing message, come up and go away, come up and go away, come up and go away, and then stop. Uh-oh. Uh <laughs> so I think that might be it. Fair okay. enough, OG team. It's been a bit of a crazy week. So let's deal with the one better thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously beyond the seventh door. Obviously beyond the seventh door. Like I was about um, to say. The one better thing. I was getting real uh, David Fincher's girl with a dragon tattoo vibes during this. Ooh, interesting. For ov obvious reasons. Old man uh, looking for a for a young, you know, relative. Uh, yeah. uh, There's some snow in this one as well, I guess. Uh, you know, not quite the same sort of vibe, but um, that's the procedural that came to mind. And it is an amazing movie. It does yeah. the job really, really well. So yeah, um, if, if, if you've... I know a lot of people have been, you know, I say a lot of people, some people have been a bit unsure about watching this one because it was an Americanized, you know, adaptation. Or it's, but it's a remake of the book. It's very good. It's David Fincher yeah, before Mank. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, there's real artistry it. in it, which, you know, yeah. is, is, is just incredible to behold. And yeah, you have to appreciate mm. that. You do. Um, yeah, I think, I suspect this film may have been a cheeky little rip-off of The Uninvited, the 1944 film, uh, uh, which is a horror film by Lewis cheeky, Allen, in which a couple move into a house, and there is a ghost in there that plays music, uh -oh. and is just generally spooky. And as they follow the ghost and who it is and who it might be, researching the history of the house, mm. they eventually stumble upon a... Uh, situation a melodrama situation that involved you know a little girl and an adoption and you know various issues pertaining to the parents so it's a really excellent um british horror film from you know mm. 1944 very early prefiguring things like the haunting and you know uh, the innocence uh the jack clayton film so you know super mm. early and just really really affecting you know some good little spooky horror sequences but also just a really good story at its heart and excellent leading performances you got ray Milland and ruth hussey in there so that's always going to be good it's yeah a really excellent almost kind of well no it's 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 a very you know within the tradition of sort of british ghost gothic mm. horror stories and yeah i really like it for that so yeah the uninvited cool. lovely and that was the one better thing yes the one better thing. But Paul, how can people find out about all that stuff we do? What make us so tired? Oh, well, Paul, a lot of that's in our own heads. So if you want access uh -oh. to that, you're going to have to become a therapist. Uh, but if not, then there's <laughs> plenty do. of other... <laughs> Please do, because it's, it's a worthwhile profession. And also, <laughs> we just can't stop crying. Uh, but in the moments... <laughs> The moments that we do stop crying, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at OGTPod. You can send us an email at gmail at OGTPod at gmail.com. You can do uh, that. The, the, my, my plosives are, are really popping today. There you go. It's, it's been very distracting. Puh, 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 puh. Oh, uh, bruh. Just got to stop saying words with P and I'll just make my P sounds a bit wetter. Mm. Yeah. I've been pronouncing X's as just high-pitched screams, but fortunately it hasn't come up yet. Oh, fantastic. Well, it's only a matter of time, so we better get ready for that. Um, exactly! <laughs> oh! Nice. 
couldn't think of I couldn't think of a single word with X in it. I started to believe that there wasn't one. Um, but <laughs> it's yeah, one beautiful we, moment. Hey everyone, we have a Patreon where for as little as a dollar a month you get exclusive access to content such as our reworked top thirties, uh, mm. sneak peek previews to our Halloween specials. Oh, uh, Sean on um, yesterday, and yeah. uh, he's he's doing come a on fancy and he's, quiz. Doing a fancy quiz to test his knowledge and friendship with us, and yeah. uh, oh god, all kinds of guest content. All kinds of extra lovely stuff from us, personal stories from Paul's history, from um, <laughs> from um, from the cinema life, the cinematic life of Paul and the life of cinema that Paul lives. The life um, of and, cinema. And much, much more, in, including yep. um, some bums, if you're lucky. And yeah, if you like, a bum. And if you do like a bit of bum, then you might like... A bit of our quest, a bit of our quest, fantastic, a bit of our fantastic Ooh. quest, fantastic podcast, a TTRPG D and D actual play podcast. It's it's it has uh, it's about as crunchy on D and D as this podcast is. So uh, I think if you like this, you're gonna like that. Like a bit of this, uh, you'll like a bit of that. Like a bit of that. I'm Paula Bum. I'm a little bit of that. And remember, the one good thing about the graveyard story. Ooh. Is that every so often, if you squint and just let yourself relax into it, you can imagine what it would be like if Lazar Rockwood was leading this film. <laughs> oh, no. oh, oh, yeah, yes! <laughs>